Hi, welcome to the Expressing Motherhood podcast. You can connect with Expressing Motherhood on our Instagram account or on Twitter or our Facebook page. The hashtag for Expressing Motherhood is Xmo Show. Recently, I took the show to Portland, Oregon, and it was the second time that I'd taken the show there. I just love going up there. It's easy for me to get there, and my friends, Mommy Tong, Shannon, and Stacy flew up there with me. You are about to listen to cast member Jillian P. Herbert. I got to meet her as she submitted her story and I gravitated towards it and cast her. Jillian was born in Canada, raised in England. She has a lovely accent, which she did admit to me she can get away with a lot uh, with due to that accent. Do not have her accent, clearly. Anyway, she's a California resident, or she was for 35 years, and Jillian now lives with her partner in Portland, Oregon. Her first memoir collection, Spare Scenes, tells of her family life, and it was published in 2012. And she has a more recent memoir called Stark Truths, Living on High Alert. And it tells of the discrimination and violence that Jillian experienced growing up as a lesbian in the 1950s through the 1970s in England and in the U.S., which is fascinating to me. Jillian was a pleasure to work with, and I hope you enjoy her story as much as I did. Thank you. This story is set in England in 1953 when I was 10 years old. It was the Sunday before Christmas, and we were all scurrying around, checking that everything was ready for our guests. Every year, my parents invited the entire staff from their schools to come for a gathering. It was usually a joyous and sometimes even a raucous evening. Outside, the snow was swept from the path, and the street lights gleamed through the falling flakes. Inside, my mother and I had been working feverishly in the kitchen. Often we had a difficult time working together, as her hearing loss made it hard for us to understand each other. At age 10, I wanted to please her so much, but her detached glances told me that I rarely succeeded. But we'd prepared a grand traditional afternoon tea together so often that I knew what to do. Occasionally she would smile and point at a plate or a knife, but for the most part, we just worked side by side. On this day, I felt her approval, and I basked in it. Hearing footsteps crunching on the icy snow as the guests made their way up the stairs to the house, I ran to the door. I was proud of the responsibility given to me by my parents to take their coats, to welcome them into the house, and send them into the living room. Meanwhile, my mother hurried to put the finishing touches to the tea time feast as my father held court in the living room. His job was to entertain until everyone had arrived. The entire gathering moved into the dining room where I had laid the table with a linen cloth and put out small knives and forks along with dessert plates and serviettes. I'd arranged the teapot, cups and saucers, teaspoons and milk and sugar on the tea trolley, just as my mother had taught me. As folks settled into armchairs, my mother brewed the tea and wheeled the trolley into the dining room. I handed everyone a plate, a serviette and a small fork 
and then offered around plates of food while the guests sat and talked. My mother was busy pouring and passing out cups of tea, topping up the pot with hot water and refilling cups. Suddenly, I realized all the sandwiches were gone and I turned to my mother. Would she be annoyed if I pointed this out? I took the empty plate to her, which she whisked away to the kitchen, returning with a backup plate from the larder. She smiled gently at me and I sighed with relief. After tea, my father took the men back into the living room where they indulged in hard liquor and cigarettes and cigars. The women helped my mother carry everything to the kitchen and then gathered in the dining room for one last cup of tea. Since my part was over, I was free to go to my bedroom where I worked on a jigsaw puzzle and listened to Christmas carols on my radio. Later, I went down to ask my mother's help with my puzzle. I slipped through the half-open door and saw how her high-backed chair was angled so that her back was to me. I stood behind her as she talked with her guests. They were listening attentively to this beautiful woman with warm brown eyes and jet black hair plaited and worn in a bun. She had high cheekbones and naturally rosy coloring. I knew she hadn't seen me, and her deafness prevented her hearing me. I stood silently, waiting for a break in the conversation. Then she said, I am convinced that when two academically gifted people, two intelligent people, have children, one of them is gifted and the other is not. As she spoke, her guests shot me a quick glances. I turned bright red. My older brother was a scholarship student. That left me the mediocre one in my mother's eyes. Quietly, I turned and left the room. I went back to my bedroom and closed the door firmly. I turned off my radio and put away my jigsaw puzzle. I changed into my pajamas and crawled into bed. I lay trembling, even though I wasn't cold. Hiding under the covers, I recalled all the cold, distant glances my mother had given me over the years. Now, I knew why. <laughs>